and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. Put on your Justin Timberlake pants. It's gonna be May. It's, it's already May. May. What? It if, was May okay, a few days ago. Close your eyes and imagine Justin Timberlake pants. What are they? I envisioned those. Do you remember when they wore all of NSYNC wore it was like a silver vesty jumpsuit thing with silver pants that matched? That's what I imagined Justin Timberlake pants as. I I I didn't think about it. I just said first thing that comes to mind and it was Justin Timberlake just wearing tidy whities. So I oh. failed the assignment. I I guess I need to do some self reflection and I might be into Justin Timberlake. One step away from like Atlas <laughs> chaps. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just kind of picturing just like something baggy, you know? It was the nineties. Yeah, uh, yeah, not, as we all know, Justin Timberlake hasn't been a successful musician since the nineties. That's not <laughs> true. It's he a had joke. a it's successful a he had a successful solo artist run in like the two thousands to the two thousand tens and then He did yeah, come on, he he did mirrors. He did suit and tie. Yeah. Banger Central. I remember. What was the song that he did that was everywhere with Anna Kendrick for a while? The cup song? No. <laughs> I have no idea. It no, it was, from them, it was from the. It was from the. It, I don't know what yeah. the words are, but I, this is the song. Can't stop the feeling. It was, Thank a, you. It was in. It was in the Trolls movie. It was featured in the Trolls movie. Yeah, that was that pretty was recent, good. actually. Shout out to Justin Timberlake. Welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. I'm Elite Lady Six. I'm one of your three hosts. I'm joined by Nerd Bomber and Tactic. Hello. And. I have an announcement, which is that I'm sick. Huh? I'm, I've, I've, I've come down with an affliction. I believe it's one that the two of you know very well. It, it goes with something like this. I'm, I'm, I'm on Amazon because I'm alive. And I see that Callisto Protocol Day 1 Edition is on sale. Didn't that turn out to be like really bad? Weren't the reviews very bad? Well, so here's my sickness. A, I don't care. Also, I don't think they were that bad. I think they were like middling. And B, even though I have currently like four or five games that i have not yet played god of war i feel like i, I feel like i yeah god of war is one of them I, I feel like i need to have it this is a sickness this is you they, know, they sh- there should be a name for this and i think we should figure out what it is i don't think that's a sickness i think a lot of people have it it's like this it's almost like sale fomo because i totally get it i get where you're coming from i'm actually it's struggling FOMO. like there's a book series so i started reading the outlander book series and this is like getting ahead of the what are you up to but this is like like outlander the show yeah so there's like eight maybe nine books in the series and tactics mom got me the box set of the first four books and so i'm only on the first book but like there's you know books then five through eight and then i think nine and ten aren't in a box set they're sold separately but right now on amazon the box set for the back half of the series is only $20, which feels pretty good. And normally it's like 40 and I'm sitting here like, I, I didn't even finish the first book yet, Should I? but should I buy this? It's self almost. Yeah, it's, you know, you don't want to lose money on this. And shout out to Mrs. Tectic, by the way, for putting together a great gift. Yeah, no, it's, it's self FOMO is a pretty good name for it. I'm going to call on the Twitter sphere, at OWLeel86, at OWNerdBomber, at OWTactic, our main show account, at OnlineWarriors1. What do you call this affliction? I want there to be some medical sounding name for it, like FOMOitis or something. That's terrible. I call something it better successful than marketing campaigns. That's, yeah, good good job. Yeah, like sales. Good job with the sale. I don't, I don't know what you would call it. Anyways, I'm going through that right now, but that's not what we're going to talk about. Well, we are, did you decide today. though? Like, are you going to do it? I'm going to, look, this is the other part. This is part three of the illness, which is I'm going to 
be racked with indecision for like a day and then i'm not gonna buy it so it's just like it's i I make it about as unpleasant for myself as possible by a wanting it for no reason and then b not buying it it's just like i just i just enjoy suffering but then do you feel bad when the sale passed and you're like crap i should have bought it (laughs) yes hey i do the same thing with projects i fixate on them like this is going to be the greatest thing ever and then i do it for like 17 hours or something like that and then i never look at it again yeah the, the, it's the human condition it's so it's full of pitfalls we could get philosophical maybe that's a secret segment but we're not going to do that right now we have a lot of we have a lot of television movies television and well actually movie tv and a game so kind of a variety to talk about today we're gonna be talking a little bit about a game that i specifically requested we talk about we got we got a six minute behind the scenes look at some gameplay earlier this week for a game called beneath we're going to talk a little bit about we're going to talk about a film adaptation of a book that Nerd Bomber either is currently reading or has finished reading. I don't know if you want to update us on that, but finished. I know you were very recently reading this. And then we're going to be talking a little bit about Twisted Metal. Not the game, guys. Not the game. If only because I don't think a game has come out in like a jillion years. But let's let's start with The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And let me first say, uh, the title the title is amazing. I don't even care what it's about. It's, it's one of the best titles I've ever heard. So good job to... Suzanne Collins. We're getting a movie that is a follow-up to The Hunger Games, but it's really a prequel to The Hunger Games featuring 18-year-old... I'm going to see if I can get this name pronounced correctly. Yeah. I could, not, I, you in? I could not figure out how to pronounce the name, so eventually I just started calling him Corn. Corn... <laughs> that's really good. Uh, yeah, 18-year-old Corn Snow, you know, not yet president. Actually, but... not to offshoot real quick. But sure. No, go An go embarrassing ahead. anecdote about, you know, not knowing how to pronounce names. So... When I was reading Harry Potter as a kid, I pronounced Hermione's name Hermione. And it wasn't until I was sitting in class and everyone, I have no idea. I was a child. I'd never seen the word before. And it wasn't until somebody, like everybody in the class, they're calling her Hermione. And I was just like, what? Who are they talking about? And then I had to Google it and it was embarrassing. So I had similar issues with the Redwall series. Yo, yes. Yes. Yeah. I used to call the main character Matthias. God, I want to go back in time and punch. Dude, I did this punch little little illegal. I want to punch him so, square in the in the schnoz. Question though, if kids that. everywhere were pronouncing it Matthias, just make maybe, it Matthias. Maybe that was his name this whole time. Well, no, because I had a friend in the fourth grade. Shout out to my friend Ben. Never shouted him out in the podcast before. He's actually a really good friend of mine still. But he was like, actually, it's Matt. It's Matthias. I almost said Matthias again just then. By the way, <laughs> he said actually it's Matthias, and I said really, and he said yes. And I probably like went home and cried that day. I don't really know. I don't remember that that well. But anyways, Corn Snow. He's this is this is pre presidency. This is the first Hunger Games and not the first, the tenth. The tenth. Boy, it's like I didn't even watch the trailer. Tenth Hunger Games. You know, it, it's. I think the premise here is we're getting more Hunger Games with different characters, and I think that's a good. I. I this is one of the few like. I think you're underselling what this is. No, no. I, I well, I'm I, I'm saying I want that. I think that's a a, a solid bodied premise for what a makes, movie. What 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 makes us really really cool is we're getting that plus the introduction of it becoming a media sensation, right? Them truly fixating on murder, and that's where it really gets the introduction of twisted. How far do you guys think you would make it if you were in a Hunger Games? I would die immediately. Like, I don't even know well, if I would survive, think, yeah. like, the pre-games. I think I would just probably die of an anxiety heart attack, and then that would just be like, the tribute from District 7 is dead. I think I get halfway there, 
but it because I would die because of trust. Like I'd trust the wrong person who would just stab me in the back. I think I would I would probably get like a quarter of the way there. Like I think I would like I would run and hide for a while while other folks killed each other and then I would like maybe kill one person and then be like, Oh my god, I killed somebody and then like I would just like I'd be like standing there with my mouth open and someone would just like, you know, do some Hunger Games stuff to me. Luckily we don't have to go through that. Now, question I have, because obviously this is gonna tie in, in various ways to the Hunger Games books and the movies that we already know. Is District 13, is it too much for me to ask, like, is it too spoilery for me to ask if District 13 is still around at this point? Because District 13, somewhat famously, is the one that was, like, bombed out at some point. Yeah, I don't think this is spoilery, really, because in the original Hunger Games trilogy of books and then the movies, which there were four of, District 13 getting bombed is basically how the war ended, and that's how, like, the Hunger Games began, so there is no District 13 at this point. Okay, so it's it's, it's already gone. Okay, yeah, I, I didn't... It's, it's been a long time for me, so I didn't have that context in the back of my head. Can we talk about how hot Corn Snow is in this? He's hot, right? Can I... Is that, am I, is this, is that okay? I think you're alone on this island, though. You know Justin really? Like They're generally, like, not unattractive people. I feel a little weird about them being kids, so I don't know if I want to call them hot, but, like, they're they're definitely, like, not unattractive for sure. I think if I was a teenager, I'd be like, ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. I'm a big fan of Peter Dinklage. Yeah, I'm that happy was... to see him doing anything. And Viola Davis, she makes such a good goddamn villain in everything that she does. It's a- amazing. Let me also just say, in light of recent comments, the guy who plays Snow in this movie is 28 years old. Is he really? God, it's so yes. hard. Like, when I was watching the Mindy Kaling show Never Have I Ever on Netflix, like, it is bananas bonkers and i think i said this about otter banks too like some of those actors are like in their 30s and it's like well okay. now now lucy gray baird the actress who plays her uh, rachel zegler from west side story she is 21 she's significantly younger she's like almost the correct age actually but yeah like high school movies it's a total crapshoot like toby mcguire played a high schooler when he was like 30 <laughs> in like the first spider-man so you never really know but, but yeah, yeah i mean overall very attractive cast even Peter Dinklage. I, I will say this trailer, it, it featured a lot of cool moments. I think it did a really good job of not necessarily confusing me because I don't think I was confused coming out of it, but I didn't learn very much, which I, again, to be clear, I think is a good thing. See, I want to go that's... into this movie not knowing anything. I will say I give this trailer a lot of credit because for someone who read the book, like there were enough snippets of scenes that were directly from the book to get me really excited. But I think on the flip side, if I hadn't read the book, it would also like it didn't give anything away. Like I think they just did a really good job. Like, And that makes me really excited because the set pieces and scenes that we saw in the trailer, like if I can understand that they're very accurate from a 15 second snippet that I see in a trailer, I'm very excited to how that's going to play out in a full length movie. One of the things that I took away from it that I thought was kind of interesting and it and it really speaks to the quality of life of the have and the have nots, the the true disparity between them is the, I forget the character's name, but the one who's doing all the announcing, right? This is the 10th Hunger Games. We've seen him also in the 74th Hunger Games, okay? Basically, exclusively his hair has just turned a different color, but he still looks healthy, yeah. spry, eccentric, Does hasn't really skipped a beat and it really speaks to just how gracefully he's able to age in a society filled with have-nots and also how much of an institution the hunger games in is i feel like it it speaks to that i I like i miss stanley tucci can i say that he's great i think i think it's jason schwartzman who plays his younger version of himself which 
is a good choice. But when I saw that, I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe a little sad. I will say, like, I think both book and this movie does a really good job. Obviously, we haven't seen the movie yet, but if it follows the book relatively faithfully, which from the trailer so far, it seems like it will. It does a really good job of informing the entire history of the Hunger Games by just focusing on this one kind of pivotal instance but because it gives so much character development to major players that you see even if it's like very briefly in the trilogy down the road i don't know it just it does a really good job of building that background that you didn't know you needed but once you learn the background you find yourself very like riveted and interesting now you know the last Hunger games movie came out in 2015 so in the grand scheme of things not that long ago but in like hollywood terms it's like in an age like a long time I bet they hold up. Like, I, I just, I, I think of all the tired looking reboots and revivals we've seen coming through, I think this one actually has juice, if only because it has a novel that it's based on. <laughs> like, that's a huge part and it's of not it. a reboot. it's going to be successful. It's not a reboot. It looks like it has the same sort of stuff in mind that the originals had. It's not looking to reinvent anything. I think the amount of time between the last movie and this, considering, again, that there's new source material, I think it's appropriate. So, yeah, I I've definitely have high hopes for this. I think this makes me want to go back and rewatch the original Hunger Games movies. Yeah, and maybe, party. I mean, I would do it. Even potentially reread the books, although I'm really bad at rereading books when I know it already happens. Like, I struggle with that so bad. But I do know that, like, the books differ a bit from the movies. And I just, I kind of want to, like, re-experience all of it. Sometimes do you ever wish that there was, like, media whether it's book, movie, video game, that you could just experience for the first time yeah. again. Yes, all the time, I think that. And that was one of the great things, kind of bittersweet things about playing Dead Space again, was I. there were things about it that were new and refreshed that I was experiencing for the first time, but then there was also things that I was like, oh, I remember this, and I wish I could not remember it. You know what I mean? Have it have it come to me fresh. I, I will say, too, that like I think I talked about a few episodes ago, I watched the movie Divergent, and it was terrible. That experience made me, the whole time I was watching that, I was thinking, man, I'm just remembering how good The Hunger Games was. So, so it sounds like you're on board with the watch party. Yeah, maybe, it may be in order. I mean, it, it's, they really did trailblaze, because again, Divergent was just copying what the Hunger Games movies were doing. They kind of trailblazed something. In, in the sense, I mean, I guess you could draw parallels to like Harry Potter, certainly, as like a coming of age story, but it's a lot darker, it's dystopian, it's, it was quite different. Yeah, I think at, at the time it came out. So and not you know, that again, Harry I, Potter didn't do this because it did in the later books, but the Hunger Games really didn't pull any punches. Considering it was a young adult book, like there was murder and violence and like bad things happening, and it treated the young adult audience like adults who could handle that subject matter, and it didn't ease you into it. It was just like bam, it's right there. Can I ask you guys a, a sort of related, unrelated question about the Hunger Games? Did you guys think sure. that Peta just kind of sucked? No. no. I, okay. Yeah, I was just okay, asking. Me, no, no reason. Let me, re, let me rephrase. I think that... I remember when I was reading the books in particular, and this spoilers, but like, if you haven't seen these movies or read the books by now, it's your fault. Peter was an amazing character, and then whenever it was, I think it was the second one where he got Tracker Jacker Venomed, he became a terrible character after that. I agree with you after that. But that wasn't his fault. That was the writing's fault. I hated that. But also, I feel like, and this is not on Josh Hutcherson at all, but I feel like in the books, he was just an overall stronger character, too, than in the movies. I think if you, like, did you read the books, Tactic, or were you solely a movie watcher? Solely a movie watcher. I feel like if you only watch the movies, he wasn't as strong of a character. Uh, 
I thought he was fine. I didn't, ha- he was, I didn't have he a was fine, but like it wasn't like in the first book. And like I said, it has nothing to do with Josh Hutcherson. Although I will say, and I saw a tweet recently that was like big kudos to him because he was like nothing like what was described in the book. He was shorter. He was not blonde in real life. He didn't have like the right aesthetic or anything. And yet he embodied the character of PETA so much that the casting directors are just like, you, we will change your appearance and you will be PETA. And I think that's impressive. I also remember when I was watching the movies, very specifically thinking, okay, A, it's it's a pretty hard job to act against Jennifer Lawrence consistently and come out looking okay in that situation. And B, he was so much better than the Liam, Hem- Liam Hemsworth, I thought. He's yeah. way better. Agree. So like, it, it, I think Liam Hemsworth made him look good. And then he was looking good. And then he would like have an intense theme with Jennifer Lawrence, who's like amazing, who's like won Oscars. And you're like, okay, yeah, he's doing pretty good. That was like kind of my my view. You, you may be right that he sold the, the written character short, but I don't oh, know. I don't, like I said, I don't think he did at all. I think just in the movies, the way that the character was written was just a little bit weaker than in the first book. Like I just remember finishing the first book and thinking Peto was like this secret badass that you weren't expecting. And he turned out to be a badass. And like in the movie, he was still good, just wasn't as badass. And it wasn't on Josh Hutcherson. It was just how the character was developed for the movie. The first book is so good. Like it's in particular, so don't get me wrong; they're all good. But the fir- both the first book and the first movie are really, 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 really good. So if you haven't, uh, and you know, this is just providing you a reason. If you haven't gotten into that franchise for whatever reason, now you have something that's coming out, you know, relatively soon, November of this year, and you can kind of work your way up to that. So yeah, recommend the Hunger Games: Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes comes out November seventeenth, twenty twenty three. I will also say. Mr. Illegal 86, my, my dad, huge Hunger Games fan. I'm probably going to see this in theaters, if only because he's going to be like, come on, everyone, we're going to see <laughs> the Hunger Games, which like, I'm not going to argue with, but shout out to my dad, big Hunger Games fan. So let's, let's keep the party rolling and let's, let's talk about, let's talk about Beneath. Now, this was, Nerdbomber sent me the, the video for this, six minutes worth of gameplay. This was announced back in back at the end of february beginning of march i believe we got an announcement announcement trailer and now we got six minutes of gameplay this is a bethesda i believe it's bethesda right no camel 101 sorry sorry bethesda it's not you now i immediately picked this as a topic and you guys are probably thinking it's because i'm gonna gush about it we say i love the idea you have two modes either gush on or shit on there's no no i don't i don't i don't think i'm gonna do either one of those things because i think this could be really good i love the idea it's drawing a lot of comparisons to fear. It's drawing a lot of comparisons to Dead Space, obviously. So I'm I'm immediately on board. I love the setting. I love the idea of taking the same setting as Bioshock, which Bioshock is objectively a survival horror game, but it also has kind of whimsical, fantastical elements that I would like to be removed from it sometimes when I'm playing it. There was this no whimsy a, in that game. That was scary. It's, it's whimsy. This game takes all of that out and it, it's it's Dead Space underwater. And, you know... It's hard to survive underwater. It's hard to survive in space. Like I just, I, I love the setting. Almost, I, I watched all six minutes of this. Almost, I think in like the second minute or so, I was like, "This is not, this is not ready yet." That was like, the whole time I was watching. I was like, "They, they're releasing this footage before they're ready to." Did you guys feel that way when you were watching this, or was it just me? Yeah, I think one of my biggest things that stood out to me, and like there were things along the way 
that I was just like, oh, this doesn't feel ready. But specifically, there's a portion in this gameplay footage where you're fighting humans and not like weird zombie things. And the repeated dialogue. The repeated dialogue, dialogue. dialogue was just yeah. killing me inside. I was just like, no. Even all they really had to do was like space it out so it didn't repeat as often, maybe. And I was just like, ugh, like for a yeah. preview, you should have just turned this off. I didn't need this. It Someone was, was rushed to put this out. It was sure. all of the audio. And then even going back to yes. the zombies, if it's a horror game right you can't have them being like i'm over here look over here oh okay there's a zombie it, it has to be more of like no noise until you turn around and sugar honey iced tea there's a zombie why did well, you turn what was that british it's a little uh zombie a little, a little british i just like yeah the audio i'm glad you brought that up too because it wasn't just the dialogue it was like anytime a gun reloaded it sounded like they looked up a clip of a gun reloading on google and just like badly spliced it into place and it like didn't even line up all the time that's fine uh, i will say that's fine some of the visuals looked really good but, but some of them also like the, the zombie animations were not good i also the lighting may have been a tad dark <laughs> I, uh, think I, I had some issues the focus on reloading too like when you're playing a game, you want reloading to feel realistic, but also not very intrusive. And I could just see myself playing this game. Well, I couldn't see myself playing this game. I could see like Tectic playing this game and me watching and be like, oh my God, you're reloading every like 30 freaking seconds. Can we not watch the reload animation? Why? Why does it matter? The zombies take seven years to get to me. But like, I just, I want it to be a little more seamless. I don't want it to be like in my face. My entire screen is me reloading a shotgun. It was definitely funny too. It was a good, unintentionally good term when they were like, the first four minutes of this was like, you're using a shotgun that has two bullets and takes like seven seconds to reload to kill these zombies. And then he's like, oh, you know what? I had an automatic this whole time. Watch this. And he just starts shooting real fast. And like, it looks a lot easier. So yeah, it sounds like all of us had, had our share of issues with it. I, I just, I don't, I don't think it has a release date currently. And I, also think I would the- hope... It's a ways out. The graphics on the there were there were two things. We saw a live gameplay, and then we also saw a trailer. The trailer should have used more from the live gameplay because whatever they did to it made it look grainy enough where it was like a PlayStation Two game release. Agreed. Like, Agreed. And this is where like I don't want to be pooping on this game the entire time. I think this might be like a smaller indie or like at least smaller studio that is trying to invoke some of that old fear and like original Dead Space vibe. Like I think it might be a stylistic artistic choice here to kind of go a little backwards, like not have it look super cutting edge realistic. I think that might be a game choice. And that said, I think if they iron out some of the things that we've mentioned here which i'm sure like we said this was early footage i'm sure those things will get ironed out especially as they get feedback like ours which i'm sure they're listening to um it has the potential to be a pretty decent game i think it's something that if more polished would be right up your alley illegal like when i sent it to you i was just like this feels a little janky but this also feels like something he would play if it wasn't janky well right so yeah do we know when it's supposed to come out like, the, yeah, the release date on Steam is currently to be announced. Like I was saying before, I would hope that it's a while away <laughs> because I want it to be better. I think it can be. I think there, I think we saw a lot in here. Like, again, like you said, I don't want to crap on this. Like, that's not why I want to talk about it. I think it could be really, really good. I just think it was too early for this footage. And it sounds like we all saw a lot of the same gaps in that footage. So I have a question so, for you. Assuming that this doesn't get significantly more polished, at what price point would you buy this game? thirty dollars i mean that that's pretty reasonable for some smaller studio and indie games this might release at 30 bucks 
And hopefully some of the the stuff like the repeating dialogue all the time gets ironed out. But like from a graphical standpoint, I could see this being a $30 game. That's very passable. Yeah, I, I would I would probably buy it in its current state for $30 just because I, I have enough faith in the premise and, and the setting. It sound, I was reading a little bit. It sounds like there's a sanity element, almost like amnesia, which I don't know if you guys ever played that. I think that's a cool mechanic to introduce. I actually, actually, I think fear might have had a similar mechanic. I can't really remember. Someone on Twitter can can tell me. But yeah, I just I, I think it could be really good. But yeah, if they're if not going to put any more polish on it, then yeah, like charge me thirty bucks or don't charge me anything because I'm not going to buy it. That, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, you would you would you would pee yourself if you played this game. Is yeah, that... this is still like just not my jam, man. I'm I would be good at watching other people play this game so that I like I could look away, but progress would still be made. But I just I can't drive the bus on these type of games because then it just I can do it, but a I'll be scared. And B, because I'm scared, I will go very slowly through the, the game. Like, I just won't progress. Like, I will walk at a crawl. My thumbstick will barely be pushed forward and everyone will get frustrated. <laughs> have you been the ultimate loser in trivia yet? Like, have we had no. the chance to punish you with the screen? I've it's always... It's going to be so fun. I've always... I think I've always just been in second place. And you know what? That is good for me. Because if you lose, I mean, it's obvious what we're going to have you do. But like, how many hours? Enough for us to get uh, some good video. And by us, I mean tactic. I don't know. We'll get to the particulars if you ever lose. I mean, gosh knows right now, I think I'm in line to lose. So we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But didn't you play Until Dawn? Didn't I get you to play that? Or like I suggested to you? Yeah. You did, or and I was a scaredy pants. I did that. And it was scary. And I was down in our basement playing that. And uh, I did not finish the game because there was a point in which I thought I saw something moving in the window. And then I got scared. And I was like, okay, I'm going upstairs now. Bye. It's a good game. It's a good game, guys. At these days, it probably costs like $5. So, recommend it. Rami Malek's in it. Hayden Panettiere, like famous people, are like in the game. So I think maybe even Sean Ashmore. Or no, that was a... That was a different one. Quantum Break. No, he was right? in a he was in a, a scary game too. Like in this by the people who made Until Dawn. I forget. I think it was like Man of Madon he was in. It was the boat one. Mm, the boat one. I remember Man of Madon, yeah. yeah. Anyway, scary games, not in our bomber's jam, but uh beneath release date is to be announced. So we'll be on the lookout for that for more footage, hopefully more polished footage. In the meantime, we're gonna take our weekly break. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna step away, let you listen to some some ads or whatnot uh we're gonna go you know shoot the breeze ourselves but before we do that i would be remiss if i did not mention our fantastic patreon producer mr stephen keller i'm, tr- I'm working i'm kind of getting creative with that pause after i would be remiss i'm letting the the remissness that i would be filling in that gap before i i thank stephen for his loyal and noble service to our podcast Stephen has been subscribed to us as a night subscribe at the night level on our Patreon for quite a while now. We are super grateful to him for all he's done, giving back to the show, helping us keep this thing turning along. As a result of his night level subscribership, he gets access to the, access to the monthly secret segment and uh, vlog. He also gets input into the weekly game segment, which this week I will be hosting. Stephen, thank you for the input on the topic. He, of course, uh, gets access to, well, I mentioned the monthly secret segment and vlog already, but he also gets the occasional guest spot on the show, as well as this producer shout out. So that's, again, the night level. That's the highest of our three levels of support on Patreon. There's also a squire level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog, and a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and the details on any and all of those levels of support can be found over at patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. Thanks again to Steven. We'll be right back to talk about Twisted Metal. 
What is going on, everyone, and welcome to the Offshore Gamescast. I'm Dave. And I'm Dylan. We're a couple of friends that are passionate about all things gaming-related. Ranging from our current playthroughs, upcoming releases, news, and whatever we find interesting. We hope to see you soon. Alright, Twisted Metal. Uh, actually, a game that I've never played once. Is that, I don't know if that's a revelation or something that's going to... Okay, Tactics tactic, immediately concerned. Never played it once. It looks fun. Never once played it. It's getting a TV series on Peacock. Full season ordered last year in February. Currently slated to run... Start on July 27th and run for 10 episodes. And counting. Maybe, maybe they'll do more. Who knows? We got a brief trailer for this in the past week. Essentially just showing Anthony Mackie you know, driving a car that has guns shooting on it, which, you know, it's basically Twisted Metal. And a brief snippet of Spooky Clown Man, who <laughs> I understand is kind of the guy in Twisted Metal. Is that, he, is Ice Cream Truck Clown Man a staple in the Twisted Metal universe? That's the cover of the game, man. So he's going to be a big deal. Is it fair to say that? It's a big deal. It's got annoying rocket launchers on his ice cream truck. In a post-apocalyptic wasteland, John Doe, a talkative milkman with amnesia, there, there's a sentence, first of all, is given a mission to traverse the desolate world to deliver a cryptic package in order to stay alive. Alongside the assistance of Quiet, a rash car thief, Doe faces a life-altering opportunity but must confront ruthless marauders in deadly and destructive vehicles to secure a chance at a better future. Yeah, I mean, I don't have Peacock. That's my, like, I'm, I'm into this. I'm, I have some questions. First of all, I don't have any questions about Anthony Mackie. I think he's great. Give me more Anthony Mackie as a leading man in things. I, I think he can sell it. Quiet is played by Stephanie Beatri- Beatrice from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm into that as well. So I think this has, it's putting its best foot forward. I question the story being able to produce 10 episodes based on that. Yeah, premise. I question Same. the the plot because my experience with Twisted Metal has exclusively been multiplayer brawl where you're just all trying to kill each other. I didn't even realize right. that there was any kind of story. I knew there was Mad Max, Max vibes to the universe, but like beyond that, like what the heck is, what are they going to do with this? Are, are, is, is there even going to be relationships that are formed or is it all just going to be one liners and quippy comebacks and that's it? Right. So I guess I, I would say, I wouldn't even say I didn't realize there was a story. I would ask the question, is there a story? Like, is there a story in the games? Like, I could sort of see this giving you a Mandalorian style drive across America. This week they're in Boston. Next week they're in Philadelphia. The week after that they're in, you know, like each week they're in a different city and they meet someone and they're fighting and angry clown man is chasing them the whole way. I mean, honestly, I'm now thinking of like one of our favorite games of all time, Need for Speed Most Wanted, how that story was kind of set up where you're basically just working down a line of different people that you meet and trying to take them down. And I I think that could work, honestly. Like maybe they don't need it to be too deep of a story. Maybe it is as simple as you said, like you're just going from city to city or town to town and creepy clown guy is coming after you. But at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of like almost like capsule episodes. I think they should make it capsule episode, episodic kind of storyline. But at the same time, like they're in a weird spot because when you have a Twisted Metal TV series, the first thing if you think that you think of, even if you're me and you haven't played the games is, okay, people driving cars and shooting guns attached to the cars at each other. Now, if you have 10 episodes of a show, if you have a movie, you can make it work. Let me say that right now. I think you could make a movie of Twisted Metal work very well. If you have a Twisted Metal show that has 10 episodes, in each episode, I would say it's a necessity that you have at least one automotive gunfight. 
as I'll call it. I think you absolutely nailed it. I think the Mandalorian style, one big battle, each one, then it's just an episodic adventure, no harm, no foul, move on to the next thing. I think that's the only way it works. Well, I can't envisualize a way where it goes any other way. But where I was going with it, though, I don't think that I think you need to have a, an automotive gun battle in every episode, but I don't think that's going to be interesting for 10 episodes in a row. I, I think it'll play itself out. I, that's, that's that's what my main concern is. Because, yeah, I think otherwise it, it could work. No, so I just quickly looked up, you know, what the overview of the games were. And apparently, and I don't even really remember that there was a competition. I just thought you drove around and you shot at people with your car. But it's a contest run by a mysterious man named Calypso who grants the winner one wish that in his own words has no limits on prize, size, or even reality. So I think maybe if you establish like the rules of the the contest maybe being more than just like one arena fight, you know, maybe there's stages, different things you have to do throughout this contest, maybe flesh it out a little bit more from the game. And then you give Anthony Mackie's character some sort of reason to be, give him some wish or something that he wants. Like maybe he wants the world to go back to normal, or maybe there's somebody he's trying to save, like give him some underlying purpose. And I could see it working with each episode being a stage in the contest. What I would have envisioned and, you know, not that I, I think. Have you guys ever heard of Death Race? Yes, I think that was a movie, right? Death Race two thousand was an old movie from the seventies. It's kind of like a cult classic kind of thing, and it was remade in two thousand eight with Jason Statham. And it was just called Death Race. It's entertainment, right? Like they're they're all. I don't think there's any guns necessarily, but they're all like racing cars. People are dying, and it's, it's almost it's actually kind of Hunger Games. Either like it's it's for entertainment. People are watching it that's where I would have guessed that this was going to go. I don't think the fact that it's not going in that direction, I don't think that bothers me too much, but I'm just, I don't know. I guess I'm just surprised. I think it can work. And and again, I, I have every amount of faith in Anthony Mackie. I just, we, we, we didn't see enough in this trailer for me to get at all excited. If only because it was just a minute long, but yeah, it's also coming out in the summer, which I think might help it. Will it help it or will it hurt it a little bit? Because I feel like summer is my like trash TV time. I don't put a lot of stock in things that I watch over the summer. Nothing else is on. Like, I mean, at least based on the conventional. I like, guess that's fair. I don't know. Pre Before streaming, at least, that was always the case. Summer was like, there was kind of the doldrums of TV. Nothing really real was on. So assuming streaming follows a similar model, which I don't actually know that they do, there might be some, some gap here that they can they can fill in. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see about this one. Also, worth noting, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick are the writers on this. I believe they are the Deadpool guys. So if you need an idea of what the tone of this is supposed to be, think that, which again, I think is a good, it's a good thing. And I think it's, it's the correct tone for this. We will see. July 27th, 2023, Twisted Metal. Uh, let's move on to What Are You Up To Wednesday? What are you up to Wednesday? After all, it is Wednesday and we have been up to some things. I actually haven't been up to much, so I, I actually think I might go first. The main thing I want to shout out is that I finished Andor, which... I know I've talked on about Andor on this show like four separate times, but I actually finished it this time. Programming logics. Right. I'm sure that's why they named it that. It's everything you've heard about it is is right. It's it's very good. I actually it's I would say it rivals Mandalorian season one as like peak Star Wars television. For the record, I've stopped watching Mandalorian. I stopped watching season three. It I don't want to say it jumped the shark, that seems too mean, but it jumped something. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I've stopped watching it. Other than that, I don't really have a whole lot to update on. I'm still reading The Goldfinch because it's super long. It's really, really good, but it's really, really long, and uh, it's heavy reading. It's, it's definitely, not it's not a feel-good book yeah, by any means. Yeah, that, man. Have you guys both read this book? 
Razbon, have you read this book? I have. Movie trailer. I'm going to watch the movie after. I'm very excited about that, actually, because my wife's a big Nicole Kidman fan. I know she's in it. Yeah, it's like, and this isn't really a spoiler because I'm not going to get specific, but like the premise of the book is this kid's mom dies in a terrorist attack, which in and of itself is sad. And then like, he's like kind of going through life, doing a lot of things, and he'll be like kind of swimming along for a while and you're like kind of enjoying where the story is going and then someone dies. That's like that seems to be the the general gist of the book for like five hundred pages. It's like you read a hundred pages, someone dies. Read another hundred pages, someone else dies, and it's never expected and it's always sad. I'm very curious. I don't want to. I don't want to like lead the witness or anything, but I'm very curious to see how you feel about the entirety of the book. I thought it was very good. There there were some aspects that I don't know if I felt cohesively about. I think the story. I, I think maybe one of the reasons I'm responding to it is. It's a little Stephen King-esque in the sense that I love Stephen King, but sometimes he meanders and he likes the sound of his own voice. And there's definitely some of that going on See, here. See, that's not the part that got me, but I'm going to let you get there. With that said, the the voice is pretty good. Like there, there's, there's some word weaving that happens in this book. For, they're like, you'll read like three pages. It's like all one paragraph and it's all really good. But you're like, man, can I, I need to like breathe. So it's like I was saying, it's it's an undertaking, but... I'm definitely enjoying it. So yeah, I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that. Again, those are really, the, I haven't watched any movies. I haven't done a whole lot of interesting things. This is one of those off weeks for me. So I'll just uh, swing it over to the more interesting people, starting with Tactic. Yes. So a couple things that we have been up to over this last week. We watched, we started watching two shows. The first one is Animal Control. And that one, I'm going to say we started watching it. And we pretty quickly stopped watching it. I have to say... Same, same here. Same here. It's so easy to bounce off of it. Something about it doesn't work. Yeah. The it main did, did actor is, should not be the Joel lead. Joel McHale. Joel McHale should not be the lead. He is... And we were talking about this. He is a fantastic supporting actor. And because of his just not likable cynicism, he just doesn't, just doesn't do well in the spotlight. And they... And again, Nerdbomber, I'm going to quote you because you brought up this this point he started as the spotlight in community and they put him to the side because of that same reason and it just it well, worked so much better he works in an ensemble i don't I was think about he, to say. he can't dominate a show and in the first few episodes of animal control he dominates the show to a, a decent degree and it's too much it's the the cynicism is just too oppressive it's not funny at a certain point right it's, so it's very hard especially in comedy like and this is why Ted Lasso works as well as it does. At least one of your characters has to be likable. And I, I, like there, from what I remember, Animal Control had some likable characters, but Joel McHale's oppressive overage of like, I hate my life. It was just like, then why why do I want to be a part of this? And we, just, we yeah, I, I think we made it like one or two episodes. Where we were like, this is not good. And we stopped. So then we very quickly shifted over to shrinking. Now this, this is television, folks. This, this show, is television. This show is absolutely fantastic. We've binged it pretty hard over the last two days, and I don't want to spoil it at all, but absolutely check it out. I think I think in one of the previous episodes, Illegal, you had even recommended the show, and it's just, it, it's an emotional roller coaster. There's likable characters. There's characters that you think you don't like, but then you end up liking them. Ugh, just such a good show. So I 10 out of 10 recommend checking out this show. It's only out for one season so far, but it has been renewed for a second. And with that, I'm going to kick it over to Nerd Bomber. Yeah, I 
did really enjoy that show. We watched a couple movies too. So the first one, and you can make fun of me. I know I'm not in high school anymore, but you know what? There is a huge drought of rom-coms and I know there's a few coming out within the next like month or so, but I'm sorry. In the past few years, there has been a general rom-com drought. And I feel like I talk about this a decent amount, but there is a rom-com on Disney Plus called The Prom Pact and it was actually pretty good. It was more mature. So like when you think a Disney Plus original, my initial thought was like, oh, this will probably be like a Disney Channel original movie style thing where it's very vanilla. But like it was way more mature. Like there was drinking and parties and stuff. So not exactly what I expected from a Disney movie. But also I think and I don't want to spoil anything, but it just kind of subverted our general expectations. Like you could still tell where the movie was going to go, but It definitely like there were a few moments where you're like, oh, I think this is going to happen. And it kind of just pivoted and turned your general expectations on its head. And I liked that. So if you're in the mood for a rom-com and you're not a snob about watching high school movies as an adult, or if you're in high school, I recommend giving that one a go because I thought it was pretty decent. I liked it. Even Tactics said he enjoyed it. So, haha. It's good. We also... (laughs) A rousing endorsement for Tactic. (laughs) He so he doesn't like to admit when we watch rom-coms especially like high school or teenage ones he doesn't like to admit that they're good but then like at the end of this one he was like you know what I I might actually say I enjoyed that a lot so he won't tell you here but he told me he enjoyed it a lot and then we, so many people sometimes people don't want to admit that they like rom-coms and then they get invested in them dude, they're that's so like good. the whole premise of rom-coms rom-coms I feel like so many people are and unjustly I might add unjustly ashamed of of being into them Guys, just own it. Yeah, They're great. It's, don't Everyone listens to them. I am not hating on rom I love rom coms, okay? It's just this was just it was it was good. You know, like He doesn't like it was like a- the high school ones now because we're older, but I have to say, like, as we're getting older, rom com ages typically stay the same. Like rom coms typically are either high school or young burgeoning adult. And so if you want a rom com, you just have to be okay with that. And I, I am. Very much so. Get on, get on board, Tactic. Yeah, get That's on board. That's what we're saying to you. Get on board. Um, and then we Anyways, also continue. watched Me Time, which came out a bit ago. This is the Kevin Hart, Marky Mark movie on Netflix. And this is exactly what I was in the mood for at the time. Like, I just wanted kind of like a stupid buddy comedy. I knew exactly what I was going to get out of it and got exactly what I thought I was going to get. And so for that, it was pretty okay. I didn't hate it. It was good. I know that's not like a rousing review, but like, you know, when you're in the, the mood for a certain style movie and it completely hits the, the mark, like it's good. It's exactly like I wouldn't tell you it's a 100 percent 10 out of 10 must see movie. But if you're in the mood for a stupid, silly comedy, you got it. I think I'm I'm not into Kevin Hart. Can I is this a safe spot for me to I just I'm not feeling it. I think that's fine. He was a little more toned down. Like, I know sometimes he brings a very manic energy to his yeah, comedy. Basically, if he doesn't do the, oh, no, eh, thing that he does, it's a it's a good time. I, I, I would recommend this movie. And he didn't really do that. Like, in this movie, he actually played, like, the responsible dad kind of role. So he was a little bit more subdued and didn't bring as much frenetic energy. So I thought it was good. Wasn't, isn't he literally, like, his wife dies? Like, that's, like, the start of the movie? No. What's the one where his wife dies and he has a he's a single dad and it's like sad. I think that's like that's dad time or something or like fatherhood. This is not that. Not the, this, I, just, I think it's I don't think it's called dad time. That that would be 
<laughs> but yeah, it must be something else. No, this is basically he's a stay-at-home dad who basically loses himself and being a responsible parent and then reconnects with an old buddy for his birthday weekend and it just kind of like spirals into shenanigans where Marky Mark pulls him into some crazy stuff. You were right. It is called fatherhood, by the way. The one where his wife dies. Not father time? So. Darn. Not just, dad. Not dad. <laughs> it was dad time. Thank you very much. Father time would make make sense because that's the name of a person. Dad time is just, just weird. <laughs> well, this was me time. I thought maybe he just had a bunch of like time movies on Netflix. Who yeah, knows? the the time cinematic universe. <laughs> maybe. And then don't forget to tell them we're also still playing Rocket League years and years later. Oh yeah, we got down a Rocket League hole again. It's fine. Propping up, the, you guys are propping up the Rocket League industry. Nerd Bomber in particular, I've, they're probably they probably had a picture of you on the wall at like Rocket League Industries or whatever this studio is. There was Psionics. a new car to unlock. We had to get it, Fact. and we we did. Some guy walks into the office at that at that game publisher, and they're like, "Nerd Bomber's playing again. She's she's back." <laughs> and they're like, "And they're like, all right, drinks all around." They like go to happy hour. They're excited, but that's good. Cheers. We're headed to Quiz Town, and on the quiz train today, I'm your quiz conductor because for Choo-choo. once. I actually won a quiz last week. Tactic is at five and three. Nerd Bomber at four and five. Yours truly is at four and seven. So still playing some catch up. And uh, Steven, want to know. So, you know, usual rules apply this week. Uh, our topic this week is the NFL draft, which happened last week. I did my usual thing, even though I'm an NFL fan, I didn't pay any attention to it. So I had to do some research to <laughs> to make the questions for this quiz, but that's okay. We'll get through it together. All our numerical prices right style questions. You know the drill. Each person gets one plus one or one answer. And uh, we're going to have Tactic go first to give Nerdbomber a little bit of an advantage. And we will start with the classic Online Warriors quiz question. When was the first NFL draft? I'm looking for a year. 1962. 1911. I know that's like really early in history, but I don't care. Well, Nerdbomber, you're on the board. You should have gone Jesus times just as a, as a tactic, but you went 1911. Yeah, Tactic, the first Super Bowl was in like 1960-something. Uh, they were playing football for a while before that. It was 1936, guys, 1936. They had been playing football for some time in the NFL before the draft happened. That's worth noting. But yeah, 1936 was the first year. Yeah, I just Originally assumed suggested... it was more concurrent with the first Super Bowl that they started drafting for it. I didn't I didn't know that that was the NHL or NFL. They're playing hockey. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> NHL is a different draft. It was originally suggested by the Philadelphia Eagles owner because they were out of money. It's a fun fact. Shout out to the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay. Every year, the last pick in the draft is called Mr. Irrelevant. In this year's draft, the 2023 draft, what pick number was Mr. Irrelevant? And Nerbomber, you are first this time. I'm going to whip out my calculator and do some math. There's what? 32? She's Googling it. 32. No, I'm whipping out my calculator. I just can't unlock my phone. I think are there are 32 teams in the NFL and there's what? Eight rounds? Seven rounds. Seven, seven rounds. 224. 225. That is a pro plus one. 259. So there are compensatory picks. Oh, that's right. That, oh, that that's come into play. So butts. Well, while the number is usually fairly similar and, and doesn't scatter too much, it is typically something that you cannot mathematically calculate. So I thought I could get pick close. Number, pick number 259 this year. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right. I apologize, Mr. Johnson. The Los Angeles Rams selected... Dayswan Johnson as Mr. Relevant this year. He's a, he's a defensive lineman from Toledo. So shout out to him. Uh, so we're tied up. It's one Show to one. them you're relevant. We actually talked about this, right? Because we were talking about the draft right before we started airing. Tom Brady, ar- arguably the greatest of all time, according to many 
NFL pundits, however you may feel about him. Barf. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, bound for the Hall of Fame. Barf. What pick number was Tom Brady when he was drafted? Don't you Google it. He's whipping out his phone. Obviously, you're not allowed to Google it. That's, 84. That should kind of go without saying. Not more than that. 85. I'll use my plus one here. He was the 199th pick in the year 2000. So that'll, that'll make you feel old. So yeah, let that go to show anyone out there that uh, even if you're a low pick in the draft, you can still be Tom Brady if that's what you want to be. Okay. So both plus ones have been used. Nerd Bomber is ahead two to one. Let's continue to quiz. What percentage of the draft eligible NCAA player pool actually gets drafted annually? And I believe Nerd Bomber is first up to bat here. I'm going to say 6%. There's a lot of players out there. <sighs> that's a really good guess. You cannot plus one me. 0%. Tactic ties it up. No. Zero zero point zero one six percent. Damn it. It is very hard to get drafted. <laughs> um, that should come as no surprise to the athletes out there. I had a feeling if sure I picked one kind of percent, thing. I was going to bust. You would have. So, I feel like that uh, was yeah, a trick 0. question. 0.016%. It was kind of a trick. I was expecting you both to bust, but uh, good job, the tactic, for not busting. Okay. Final question. Similar to the last one. Of those players drafted, what percent will ever make it onto an NFL roster? What percent? What percent? Twenty-three percent. Darn, that's a good guess. I will say thirty-six. Well, we do have a winner. The rich get richer. Tactic moves to six and three. Darn it! The win. Thirty percent. 30%, guys. And also, this wasn't already getting dreary enough for NFL draftees. My bonus question, what is the average NFL career length? It's 3.3 years. So, That's not long at all. Yikes. No, it is not. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> NFL players. Texas moves 6-3, Nerd Bomber 2-4 and 6. My record stays the same. Nerd Bomber, you're getting kind of close to last place there. If I beat you next week, you will move to last place. I don't like that. So, I don't like that one bit. But you know what? The year is long. We're only halfway through-ish. Not even. Yeah, like a third. Yeah, more than a third. You get the idea. We're, we're, we're chugging right along here. We will be back next week to see which of our bomber and myself prevails. And uh, Technic will host the quiz next week. So be on the lookout for that. We want to thank you all for joining us, listening to us, etc. You can head over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review there. Hit us up on Twitter at the handles we were mentioning previously in the episode. Have a conversation with us about any and all things we talked about today, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, Beneath, and or Twisted Metal, or anything else we talked about. Do you think there should be a name for fear of missing out on sales, like a medical name? And if so, what is it? Let us know. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, stay safe and keep on podcasting. (laughs) 